Hi, Las Vegas. This is Getting Real Estate in Vegas, and I am Bridget Magnus. You are watching the Vegas Video Network. In addition to watching all of our terrific programming at the Vegas Video Networks, be sure to uh, subscribe to your favorites on iTunes. And those of you who are with us on the radio, we'd like to thank you for listening to KSHP AM 1400 between 6 and 10 on Friday evenings. Now, for, we do, of course, have a way to reach us if you've got a question for us. So our email address is gettingreal at vegasvideonetwork.com. On the other hand, if you're more of a telephone kind of person, we do have a toll-free listener hotline for you. The phone number there is 866-966-4599. Pretty easy to remember. So then, um, we've got kind of a little change today. Um, normally, this is where we would have Friday figures. However, um, we've had a little bit of a snafu. As of today, I have changed brokerages. I am now with the Prudential Americana Group on Sahara. And unfortunately, as part of the transition, there's uh, um, some paperwork that has to be filed with the state and some paperwork that has to be filed with our local uh, um, realtor group. And therefore, I cannot get into the system to bring you Friday figures today. I'm very sorry. We will update at BridgetMagnus.com late this afternoon. Um, don't wait up for me, but it will be there. <laughs> we do have a couple of quick news items for you. I don't want you to think I've forgotten about you. Mortgage delinquency rates are down nationwide. This is a good thing. It means that there is an end to insight somewhere for our foreclosure mess. Um, locally, did you know that 3% of our closed deals were purchased by foreign nationals? Mostly Canadians, but also a bunch of people from other nations as well. Um, and one last bit of news, of course, you know that the Sahara Hotel closed recently. We have word this week that their sign is going to be donated to the Neon Museum. Awesome place, worth, worth going to see what's going on. So then, today I would like to talk to those of you who are th sitting there thinking, you know what, I can do what that lady does. I can be a realtor. So this is advice for aspiring and new realtors, and please stick with us because there will be some more general interest stuff here in a few minutes. Before you get started, you do need to know that in the state of Nevada, you are required to have 90 hours of training to, before you can even sit for the real estate exam. And you also do have to submit your fingerprints. This is the long part of the process, so you're better off if you can get those fingerprints in before you start the 90 hours of classroom time. You'll just save yourself a lot of aggravation later. Now, those of you who've been watching for a while realize that um, any given 30-day period, we generally have something between 3,500 and 3,900 closes in any 30 days. I'm going to round that up to 4,000 for, for reasons that will become clear here in a minute. You see, when an optimistic broker takes that figure, he's going to smile and he's going to say, well, that means there were 8,000 paychecks, a buy side and a sell side. Two times 4,000 is 4,000. Well, that sounds awesome, doesn't it? And it is until you realize that there are almost 11,000 realtors in Clark County. Now, this obviously means that a minimum of 3,000 people did go without a paycheck in those 30 days. 
Also, another thing that you might not think about is like most salespeople, we work under what is called the 80-20 rule. Just the kind of things break out. It's not a rule set by anybody, but an observation. About 80% of the work is done by about 20% of the people. Now that means that um, 6,000 some odd paychecks actually went to the top 20%, leaving um, the remaining 1,400 paychecks to be scrapped over by the remaining 8,500 realtors. And those are not good numbers. I want you to have these in mind before you go taking those 90 hours. Let's have a question though. At first, Bob had a funny thing. He goes, what happens if the state already has your fingerprint? <laughs> <laughs> well, the, in that case, it's a simple matter of making sure that they make it to the real estate division. I, I realize that there are a number of professions in which you have to have your fingerprints on file. Realtors and casino workers are just two of them. I'm assuming he meant criminals. <laughs> Uh, no, I, I'm, I'm going to be an optimist like those brokers, and I'm going to assume that he just means that in the normal course of business, the FBI has his fingerprints on file. Uh, I know Bob. I do. I know Bob, and he met criminal. <laughs> uh, I do have another question, though, from Nate. Nate wants to know, do realtors have a base salary, or is it all commission? It is all commission. There are an extremely small minority of us who are either working as assistants to other realtors, are working as receptionists in real estate offices, are working as um, educators or brokers that have a salary, but by and large, the 99% of us are commission only. There is no paycheck for, from anybody except the ones that we earn from closings. I wish this were not true, and it does really bring me to my first point, and that is that this is not a cheap career path. You, you need to have some savings put away or a spouse who is earning enough money to support the whole family while you build the business because it is commission only. Now, I, I know that the obvious thing is, well, I'll do this part-time while things take off. Part-time is a path to failure. Um, Part-time means that you are not devoting the time that you need to to make it a viable business. So as a general rule of thumb, if you're thinking of a part-time real estate business, please don't. Um, of course, uh, this is another interesting point. Those commission checks, don't count the money before it is in your hand, just like the gambler. Uh, <laughs> There's a lot that can go wrong between I've got an accepted offer and I've got a closed deal. So please, you know, don't make plans for the money before it is in your bank account. Now, if you're uh, just muddling through your 90 hours or, or even thinking about it, I, I think it's a great idea to think about what you'd like to do as a specialty. Now, I'm a residential specialist. I help people buy and sell uh, houses and condominiums. There are other people who specialize in things like golf course homes. There are people who specialize in high-rise condo units. There are people who specialize in commercial real estate and help people with office space. These are all viable options, but you need to think about that before you start shopping around for a broker. My next point, you probably guessed it, choose your brokerage carefully. 
What I recommend doing is, you know, go ahead, ask realtors that you know what questions they think you ought to be asking brokers when you interview them. You cannot get your license without already having a broker who's willing to sign for you and say that, yeah, yeah, he's one of my people. So, so this is something to work on fairly early. Um, also, another thing I'm going to say is be sure that you ask about all the money details up front, including what things like um, splits, desk fees, and whether there is a fee that goes directly to the national branch of the large real estate groups, such as Remax, Prudential, Century 21. Pretty much everybody that you've heard of is going to have a national office somewhere, even if it's a fairly local national office. Um, one other thing, oh, yes, let me get to this one thing first. That is that um, there is some post-licensing training. I recommend that you go ahead and get that done as quickly as you can after you pass your real estate test. You can even work on it after you've taken your test but before the license arrives. They're going to tell you exactly what you need to know in your first couple of months of working. So go ahead and let them tell you. I understand we have more questions. We do. Bob wants to know that in your new position, yes. uh, will you be dealing with any commercial and or investment properties, for example, apartment complexes? Unfortunately, that is another division. If you have a, a, an investment need, I will be happy to refer you to the right people. All right. So um, another little thing I'd like to talk about is um, ways to waste time. Oh, I didn't mean it that way. I meant networking events. Um, some years ago, I went to a very, very big networking event. The, the founder of Remax was there speaking. Wow, this is exciting. Okay, in the first 15 minutes, he announced, there is no money to be made in a room full of other realtors. Well, I sat down and I looked around the room full of other realtors and I said, oh boy, I'm in trouble. Uh, no, actually he said, I, I said, hmm, I need to think about this. Um, it, there's nothing wrong with networking events, but you need to choose them carefully and know exactly what you're there to accomplish. That morning I was there to hear what Mr. Lineger had to say. It's okay to go to a networking event with the idea of I am going to meet other people for my sphere of influence, I am going to meet potential customers, I am going to meet people that I can refer to in other parts of the country, but know that up front. Boy, this is a great day for questions. What have we got? I, I, this is actually from me. <laughs> Melissa uh, went down the realtor path for a while. Yeah, okay. And one of the most frustrating things she dealt with was people saying they would be somewhere and then not showing up. In other words, flaky people. Uh, is that something that you deal with a lot? You know, I, it has happened to me before. This is one reason why, particularly when I'm dealing with new clients, I prefer to meet them at my office rather than at a site. Um, this is also a safety issue for me because, well, I'm a four foot eleven woman. Uh, let's face it, I am not a six foot tall linebacker, and re realtors have had safety issues in various parts of the country. And so, you know, if a realtor says, you know, we need to meet at my office because you're a new client, don't take that as an insult. Take it as the fact that they're they're a professional. They want to meet you at their professional office, both to make sure that you're a human being and for their safety. 
Um, now, I do have an exception to this. Um, sometimes I have out-of-town clients who, you know, I've conversed with them on the phone. I've had a dozen, two dozen, a hundred emails, and they're, they, they just uh, arrived at um, the airport. They've got a strip hotel. Sometimes, under the right circumstances, I can pick that sort of client up at their hotel. But again, I already have a relationship with them. I've talked to them on the phone. We've exchanged emails. They already know exactly which houses they want to see, stuff like that. That was a great question, though. I really appreciate it. Um, there is another thing that I want to bring up, and that is that there's a lot of information you'll need to keep up on. In fact, that's how the Friday figures began, is I wanted to keep up on what was going, up on, going on in the market trends. And I said, you know, I think other people are going to find this information valuable. I'm going to go ahead and post it on my website. In addition, there are news sites, there are new laws being passed all the time, and it is very important for you to keep up with them outside of the continuing education that is required by Nevada and every state of the union. Um, here in Nevada, we're required to have 24 hours every two years, and there's, there's some changes underway to the licensing system, so basically it will end up being 48 hours over four years. It works out to the same thing, but it's another way of, of doing it. Um, let's see, another thing that, that very few people do, but I'm going to recommend it, is get in the habit of keeping a time card. Now, what the heck do I mean by that? We're self-employed, we're not getting paid hourly, why should I keep track of this? Well, first of all, you need to keep track of it so that you, ha you know enough about your schedule to say what's going on. So that you can say, okay, I know that to take a typical client from, from first showing to close is going to take X number of hours. So you know, you know, my Tuesdays are really swamped, can I see you on Wednesday instead? You don't know any of these things unless you do keep track of your time. And there is one little thing I really like to point out is there are cases where the IRS might someday want to know how much time you are spending on the job. And if you've already got those records up front, it will make everybody's life a lot easier. Yours, not the IRS's. Who wants to make their life easier? You do because they will make your life hell if you don't make their life easier. Um, goals. It is important to have goals. It is important that those goals be a little bit flexible. You can't go anywhere unless you know where you're going. And the last thing that I want to say is that you must take control of your attitude. The one thing, the one thing out of everything that you can control in this world is you. So you've got to do that. Well, we're going to take a quick break. And then we'll be back with real advice. Hey, I'm Al Manor. <laughs> Is that how you get them to do that all the time? <laughs> Just sit there and be an ass. <laughs> Is that it? <laughs> hey, I'm Al <laughs> Hey, I'm Al Mancini at Top of the Food Chain. You are watching the Vegas Video Network. We got big forks, big spoons. I got a big mouth. I got no guests. I like Al, and I really think it's hilarious when people try to name drop him with me. It's like, yeah, okay, I know Al. Uh, <laughs> moving on, though, to real advice. Today, I would like to talk to you about my favorite part of being a realtor and why, it why it's important to you. 
My A number one favorite thing in this whole darn business is at the end of the deal, handing someone their new keys. Now, what does that got to do with you? Oh, it's got a lot to do with you because the first thing you need to do when I hand you that key is change the lock. Oh, did I say something surprising? <laughs> now, here's the deal. Um, you, you, of course, know that when you were going to go see that property before you purchased it, it had a lockbox on it. If it was a really top-notch agent who's trying to do the right thing, it was probably an electronic box that required your realtor's little key fob to boop, 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 boop before you could even get the key out. Um, if it was a realtor who's cutting corners a little bit, or if it was a bank-owned property, it probably had a, a mechanical lockbox with a set of letters or numbers that were input. Now, here's the problem. You've got no idea how many copies of that key exist. You do not know whether the previous owner was prone to losing keys. You do not know whether, oh, maybe there was that spare key they forgot about in their glove box. You do not know about the uh, key that they don't know their teenage son gave to his girlfriend. There are any number of things that could happen that could result in people you don't know having access to your home. Now, this problem gets only bigger when we're talking about bank-owned properties. For their convenience, and I cannot blame them, they have a large number of properties that are keyed to a small number of actual keys. This makes it a lot easier for them to check and make sure that their property is in good condition, a lot easier for them to arrange maintenance when it is needed. And sometimes those homes do need maintenance, so it does happen sometimes. Um, so you, not only do you know that there are a large number of people who have access to those homes, you don't know that maybe some of their contractors are as scrupulous as you would like them to be. Even the best contractor can lose a key, and even the best contractor can sometimes accidentally hire someone who they maybe shouldn't have. Believe me, it's easy to accidentally hire the wrong person. I've unfortunately been in that situation. So when it comes time for closing day, I need you to remember to set aside a couple hundred bucks because the first thing I want you to do when you've got that key in your hand, the one I'm so happy to give you, is I want you to call a locksmith and get that darn thing changed. Well, that is what we've got for you today. Next week, I've got a special tour for you that I'm really looking forward to. We're also going to have Friday figures, I absolutely promise. <laughs> thanks again to those of you who are listening on the radio, thanks to those who are watching through the Vegas Video Network, and thanks to those who've decided to get onto iTunes and get us that way. Don't forget to send your questions, problems, and suggestions to gettingreal at vegasvideonetwork.com. You can address your personal real estate issues to me at the contact information from bridgetmagnus.com. Have a safe and happy 4th of July. We're going to have explosions in Las Vegas, but the good time, I promise. See you next week. Drive safe.